1: Hello and welcome to the second ever live edition of Switch on Pop coming at you right here on Block Island. Good people, Block Island, can you make some noise, please? Yeah. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And the last time we did a live episode, we had so much fun, we were discussing at that time what was the song of the summer and at first we were like maybe we should replicate that for for this next edition of our live show impossible there there was no debate zero this year there was only one song that could possibly be the song of summer i think we all know what it is There was really no point in having a, a debate over the Song of Summer, so we've decided to go on a slightly different tack. We are going to be comparing two songs today as we sit in our identical Gingham shirts <laughs> here. I, uh, I realize that maybe these two songs have a certain similarity as well. They're both on the pop charts right now. And I want to break down with you, Charlie, and with our friends and babies here today. I want to break down a song by Kesha called Praying. And I also want to talk about Believe by Imagine Dragons, two anthems of resilience at a time when I think we could all use a little bit of resilience.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry to correct you, it's Believer.
1: Believer. The last time we heard from Kesha, we were treated to uh one of the great free spirits in popular music someone whose first chart success started like this this is tick tock from 2009
2: wake up in the morning feeling like p diddy hey, up, my glasses i'm out the door i'm gonna hit this city Let's before go. i leave brush my teeth with a bottle of jack because when i leave for the night i Coming back I'm talking pedicure on our toes, toes Trying on all our clothes, clothes Boys blowing up our phones, phones Drop up and playing our favorite CDs Pulling up to the parties Trying to get a little bit tipsy
1: It's been five years now since Kesha released an album And her first songs since then have just hit the airwaves Let's just listen to a little bit of one of her new songs, Praying, and we can sort of see the evolution uh, in the ensuing years. Beautiful. So here's the chorus of Praying.
2: I hope you're somewhere praying, praying. I hope your soul is changing. changing. Find your peace,
1: on your knees, it's a real banger. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we are a long way from the days of brushing your teeth with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> what happened in the ensuing years? This is a, a a sad tale, but it's one that is still ongoing. It's, it, yep. it began with Kesha uh, accusing uh, her longtime producer, and the and a composer she worked with often Dr. Luke, who produced right. that song TikTok that we just listened to, accusing him of uh, sexual and emotional abuse during mm-hmm. their work together. Uh, in turn, Dr. Luke filed a, a countersuit. That's messy against Kesha and her mother. I think in the the process of this legal uh, back and forth, Kesha has not been able to release any new music for. I think the last three years now.
0: Yeah, she's been silenced.
1: Yes. So this has been ends of Kesha, obviously, for the the singer herself. And we as pop music fans have been deprived of her music until definitely. now. And this yeah. song, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but it definitely seems to be commenting on this intense drama that she's been through the last few years that has yeah. completely upended her life and interfered with her art as right. well. So in the narrative of this, of praying, uh, we have a narrative of overcoming pain, of getting of, of resilience, of getting past the challenges of your life. And especially, and this is kind of what's remarkable about the song, coming to a place of forgiveness. Right. I would right. say the song is like uh, forgiveness with a little bit of fu you <laughs> Definitely. around. Yeah around the edges and it yeah, seems uh, clear f you with kindness. Yeah, who that who that directed at. Right. Any any thoughts before we we dive in here, Charlie? I will just say that this is one of the most affective
0: songs I've heard in a long time, such that when I was playing it with my wife in the car, she said we have to play that again because it was one of those just like spine chilling moments. Um, and you're going to hear what we're talking about later on because she really is going to capture your attention.
1: Let's start with the verse of praying.
2: You almost had me fooled Told me that I was nothing without you Oh, that after everything you've done I can thank you for how strong I have become.
1: Anything standing out for you, Charlie, as we listen to the verse of this new Kesha track?
0: Yeah, the things that come out for me is that the song is firmly in the past to begin with. Uh, We're reflecting upon what has happened to her about being torn down by this person and uh, having experienced trauma. The melody is wandering. It's moving. It's all over the place. It's kind of trying to find itself. And so I think it really mimics what her experience of the past is. And I think we're going to hear that change through the song. It's going to evolve, even though underlying the entire piece, we have one chord progression that moves throughout. It stays at the same chord the entire, right. the same set of chords more or less the entire way through. And um, I also find it compelling that it starts on this very solemn G minor chord. That, I think, is the past. <laughs> And then we move through to a major chord to F and resolve then to B flat. Mm. And I think that that progression is the same progression that we're going to see her experience lyrically mimicking the experience of her overcoming this traumatic experience.
1: Right. I mean, she sings, she kind of foreshadows this in the verse a little bit when she says, after everything you've done, I can thank you for how strong I have become. Right. Right. So that gives us an idea that okay this the delicate piano texture here yeah. the somber G minor chord that enters us into this song that might fall away. Right, right. All right, let's move from the verse to the pre-chorus now. Beautiful.
2: Cuz you brought the flames and you put me through hell. I had to learn how to fight for myself and we both know all the truth I could tell. I'll just say this is I wish you farewell.
1: Right, this really lights you up, Charlie.
0: I love the pre-chorus. So what we're getting is build and movement, a shift in attitude in the song. The melody goes from this wandering, moving melody where she's trying to find herself to almost a, a one-note melody. It moves just a little bit, but it basically she's stating and asserting herself and we've moved into the present about basically saying, hey, I wish you farewell, I've moved on and I'm declaring it by playing this note over and over and over again, while also picking up the rhythm that we got more words there's more movement things are escalating but they're escalating from a place of being self-assured
1: i see what you're saying like the rhythm kind of ratchets up from a duple rhythm yeah a division of one and two and to a triplet rhythm one two three two two three so it's really it's getting compressed it's getting faster she's saying you brought the flames and you put me through hell. Mm-hmm. So the, the speed of the melody is starting to gear up as we make right. our way to the chorus. Exactly. All right, let's go to that chorus now.
2: I hope you're somewhere praying, praying. I hope your soul is changing, changing. I hope you find your peace.
1: A very ethereal chorus yeah. and seem and like reflects this narrator's uh, ability to move past all the trauma in, in her life into mm-hmm. a place of acceptance and even forgiveness that's powerful stuff and you, earlier you mentioned that the chords are almost constantly repetitive without mm-hmm. change right with a few exceptions there is an exception and it's right here yes. at the end of this chorus we get one of the the rare sort of harmonic deviations from this G right. minor, F major, B flat major chord progression. Yes. And where do we go, Charles? We go to an E flat. Yes, we go to the subdominant from B flat up to E flat. And that's a subtle change right there. The introduction of this new chord that we haven't heard until this point.
0: So we've added that chord at the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that last chord only occurs at the end of the chorus.
2: I hope your soul is changing, changing.
1: Why is it there? What's it doing there, Charles?
0: I hope your soul is changing is what she's saying. So this is an incredible example of text painting where she is wishing that that person's soul is changing and the, the repeating chord progression that we're hearing over and over again has a new path. It lands in a new chord and suggests that change is possible even amongst the constant repetition.
1: I love it. And change is possible that E flat major chord signaling change will not let us down uh, about two thirds through the song, something dramatic happens. There is yes. a change. We see sort of the strength that Kesha was referring to when out of nowhere these massive drums just descend onto the song. Right.
0: It's almost like we've moved from a ballad to a gospel.
1: Yeah, and it's only going to escalate, right? From here. Those drums are the point of no return. Right. And the gospel tip is accurate because this song has obviously has a lot of religious overtones. Yes. Yeah. And pretty soon Kesha is about to give us some vocal pyrotechnics that would not be out of place from someone lost in in some kind of like sermonizing fever (laughs) okay is everyone ready for this
0: whoa whoa we've come a long way from those super auto-tuned tiktok vocals like Kesha is shining she's that's the highest note i think i've ever heard can we hear that one more time yeah
1: that's completely insane one more time yeah
0: Do you want to um, just give us an example
1: of how she does that? <clears throat> you know, I, I, laryngitis. Yeah, my <laughs> my voice is just not not there. Right? Um, but you you have a rather angelic mm, voice. No, no, that's quite all right. This is the point in the song where the narrative has progressed from looking back to the past to right. being, I think, firmly in. The present, almost
0: in rejoicing and triumphant transformation.
1: Yes, and at this point we have to take a brief aside to talk about the high notes throughout musical history, and especially this kind of high note, which is sometimes called like a whistle note. It's almost stratospherically Mm. high, yeah, beyond falsetto. (laughs) It's extraordinary. I mean, this this brings to mind some great examples in history, going back to wolfgang amadeus mozart of <laughs> course this is the queen of the night aria this is one of the great examples of what used to be called coloratura we should probably bring that term back mm. i think what does it mean uh it means
0: <laughs> my... wait wait. did you introduce yourself at the beginning as a musicologist
1: my italian is a little rusty okay. i don't know what it'd be it's probably something to do with color yeah And, uh, but it's very, very incredibly high, incredibly fast and difficult passages such as this one. And the whistle note continues into the 20th century. In fact, it kind of has a, a renaissance. I yeah. think that it hadn't enjoyed since the, the 18th century. I mean, I think this is one of the sort of, te- if you're talking about incredibly high notes, you can't not mention this singer. <laughs>
0: forgot about the saxophone
1: got have a saxophone yeah another singer that makes you go what did what just happened what <laughs> right, did i right, just right. hear uh, as does that was whitney houston it, right i will it, always love you as i don't does, think anyone was confused <laughs> as does mariah carey in many places i think one of the the great whistle tone virtuosic passages of hers is in uh towards the end of the song emotions. It just doesn't make any sense <laughs> i don't i don't understand and uh, for our Give last it. for our last whistle tone i have kind of a wild card Are you familiar with uh the singer layla hathaway no anyone here anyone here down with layla hathaway you're in for a treat <laughs>
0: it's so unfair that so many people can't see
1: your face right now (laughs) it's just i just don't it doesn't make any sense this is is, superhuman i mean this is literally a whistle tone like harmonized with yourself yeah leila hathaway insane and doing this taxonomy of the high note in in popular music it's 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 it's, it's worth thinking about like where kesha's sort of fits into these other examples of virtuosic Mm. Singing, like, how, how is it maybe similar and different to some of those examples we heard? You're
0: putting me on the spot here. Uh, I think a, a lot about the Mariah Carey song when that beat first comes in, I'm like, I want to dance, this song is super fun. And she hits those crazy notes, laughs at herself, talks about, I'm yes. going higher. But the place that she's starting from is already from a, a place of high energy. I think the way that Kesha uses that tone. Is that you're starting way down here and slowly building up to this high note. And so Mm. the transformative nature of her vocal feels like it matches the song, whereas some of the other high notes are just impressive.
1: Yeah. So I I totally hear what you're saying. It's like, and I love that you mentioned Mariah Carey actually like laughing at herself after hitting those notes because it is, it's just such a technical feat. Yeah. And just something as a listener that you just kind of sit back and are astonished. Right. But Kesha doesn't seem to be wanting you to laugh.
0: No. And I didn't even know that she could do that, right? Like having heard Kesha on the radio, I hadn't heard her entire catalog of work, but I had no idea that she was such a powerful vocalist. And so in some ways, I also th- see her referencing all of her earlier work, sort of an antithesis mm. and saying, by the way, I'm a super legit artist. I write my stuff, which is another one of her songs. She, her chorus is I write my stuff. <laughs> she makes the money. Yeah. The song is called Woman. It's a great tune. So she writes her stuff, she sings her stuff, she's written for lots of other people. Right. Uh, she's a master and she's a master at her art. So she's showing all of that while she's also matching the narrative of this piece, which is overcoming major adversity and demonstrating it
1: through joy and transformation. Mm, totally. And like sort of repurposing this virtuosic high note mm, in the process yeah. for her own narrative yeah. of resilience. Okay. We're going to fast forward to the very last moment of this song. Literally the last moment of this song because I think it's worth uh, discussing for a moment. So if we just flash forward to the very end of the song, there's something that happens that's almost unnoticeable that I find really fascinating. So here's the very end of praying.
0: Did the piano go out of tune?
1: No, it's not the piano I'm interested in. One more time. She catches her breath. Yeah. Mm. What's that about? Let's open it up to the in-studio <laughs> audience. What do we make of this halted breath at the end of Kesha's narrative of resilience? What is? It's very weird. It almost sounds like she's about to sing something. And then doesn't. Mm. What, do, what does that mean?
3: Uh, she's still ongoing with her court case. And, and there must be things that she's not allowed to say or do. And so there's this moment of wanting to say more. But she's caught up. Whoa.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like in the uh, pre-chorus when she sings, and we both know all the truth I could tell. And so then at the very end, she's like, I could, but I'm not. This time. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Does anyone else want to offer an interpretation? I don't think you should because that was <laughs> by far the best one we'll get. <laughs> I was thinking that it was a moment of vulnerability to hear someone's breath like that so intimately. Mm. And that could also be true. But I think what, what you said is, is even better. So there's probably much more to uncover about this new anthemic track from Kesha, Praying. But we're going to take a quick break and come back and examine another song rocketing up the charts that also is an anthem of resilience when we return.
0: Beautiful. but don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies and it's a real bummer, but a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
1: To switch Don Pop, on side B, we turn to another song, currently number four on the the Billboard Hot 100. It's a song that also has religious overtones and a song that is a narrative of struggle and overcoming pain. This is Imagine Dragons, Believer. And if you're familiar with Imagine Dragons, you're probably familiar with them from their hit song, Radioactive. Radioactive, radioactive. Radioactive, radioactive. And in their new song, Believer, they continue many of the musical themes of Radioactive. Huge percussion, batteries, massive sing-along choruses an incredible rhythmic drive yep. lots of big bassy synthesizers and yeah searing electric guitars let's listen to the verse and get acquainted with the world of believer
3: first first am say all the words inside my head
1: Man, what's the first thing you hear in this song, Charlie? You cut it short. I did. I did cut it a little short. Because the
0: introduction, I think, has the most important piece.
1: All right. Let's listen to the very beginning. Keeping me, keep me kosher here, Charles. That.
0: <laughs> first first, Do it again. that synthesizer at the very beginning that synthesizer is the whole song for me really tell me more well the whole song uh, we're gonna discover is about pain and overcoming pain I think that that synthesizer represents that feeling of pain I mean it's a painful sound and we're gonna hear it transform from this introductory element which is I mean honestly at first off-putting you don't know where you're gonna land that could be you could hear that in a horror film (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's very menacing.
0: But then you get a beat. Okay, so you follow that beat. And that womp sound is actually buried in the verse. We heard it in the verse. They filter it out so it's not as strong so that we can hear the vocalist. Uh-huh. But it recurs throughout the entire track. It ends up being the hook of the chorus that we're going to get to as well.
1: Oh, so that sound that we heard at the very beginning is sort of like the telltale heart of this piece. Like it'll yeah. come back again and again, even if we don't notice it at first. I'd say that it's chronic. Okay, so OK, you're talking about pain, Charles. And that means we have to go to the chorus of this song because this chorus is all about pain.
3: From the brain seeing the beauty through the) hey, you
1: And this chorus is where the song really comes alive. And it all hinges on that moment of suspense we get at the very beginning of the chorus where we might expect a sound there on the downbeat. And instead, we are met with nothing but a great whooshing silence before rushing in to occur only on the third beat of this measure, an eternity in popular music, (laughs) do we get the actual hook of this song. And it is
3: pain
1: and let's just hang out in the chorus for a second because i think if you want to talk about this song as describing an arc of working through struggle and heartache and learning how to overcome pain itself Mm. to become a believer i guess in whatever higher power sort of exercises you from that right This is the moment because I feel when we, every time we hear that word pain, we are going through some kind of emotional tunnel or something.
0: Uh, uh, Well, I think it's really important to note that often on our show, we don't go into the author's personal narrative because we really want to see songs speak for themselves. But I think, like the Kesha track, the narrator's point of view is really important. The lead singer of Imagine Dragons has uh, two chronic diseases chronic arthritis and ulcerative colitis, both of which can cause immense chronic pain. And so this experience that we're getting through the song of this pain moment coming through at every moment at the very beginning is the first thing we hear. It's underneath the verse, even though he's singing and sort of claiming his space. Yeah. Right? He says, first thing first. And he's going to tell you his story. And underneath it, we can still hear that pain motif.
3: First first. the things
0: when we get into the chorus it introduces the chorus and then it gets picked up by the guitar almost escalated like that pain is emanating throughout its entire body.
1: Right. And then in the chorus, it kind of explodes into the picture. Yes. Because we hear that synthesizer on the word pain, right? Right. There it is again, lurking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting because this sort of complicates my interpretation a little bit because the pain is always still there in your reading of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's ebbing and
0: flowing, I think, with some sort of control asserted by the singer, And that I'm hearing it as that pain is his teacher. It's always there. He can't necessarily do anything with the pain. It's not going to go away. These are both incurable chronic diseases that he has. So that musically, what we're getting is it's all throughout the song, but at some point it makes itself very poignant and you can't escape it. Hmm. And then even when it's at its strongest, it's during the chorus when he is saying, hey, pain, you've made me a believer. I'm able to overcome this pain even when you're most present in my life. And take my space and and, um, and and share that with the whole world of thousands of people in a stadium singing along.
1: Mm. That's deep. So not trying to abolish pain. No. accept Th- it. Accept it and live yeah. with it, yeah. In that respect, this song might have more in common with the Kesha track than I realized. What were I, you thinking? Well, in the sense that I think both of them are sort of narratives of acceptance with mm. very different lenses. Right. Right? Because this song is loud and hyper rhythmic right and aggressive and sort of a a rather dark vision i think Hmm. of of pain and the kesha song is rather triumphant and delicate and Hmm. but i think they're dealing with similar themes and there's actually maybe uh a direct link between these two songs which is they use the same chords: one Hmm. minor and one major yeah yeah Because the Kesha song, as we talked about, goes from G minor to F major to B flat. Right. And then all we have to do to get to the world of Believer is to make that B flat major into a B flat minor. Mm. And now all of a sudden we're in the home key of Believer, which has a very similar progression Mm. going from B flat minor. Mm. So this time it starts on the, the home key, but still... B flat minor to G flat major, which is the minor equivalent of the G minor we had in Kesha and then to F major.
0: Right. So if you were to sort of count it out, they go, they go through the same cycle, of the same number of chords.
1: Yes. Yes. They're slightly transmuted, but exactly. It's, it's, they're made up of both the same collection of chords starting on the one of the scale, the six of the scale and the five of the scale. Right. And, but the Kesha is in major and the Magic Dragons
0: is in minor, which obviously matches the rest of the feel of both of these songs. One which feels more overcoming
1: and one which is sort of living in that pain. Totally. And this, I think, is a moment to pause now and open it up to everyone and reflect on what each of these songs might offer us. Granted, we've have only you only been just introduced to these two tracks, but... Between Kesha's praying and Imagine Dragons' believer, which would you do? You think you would turn to as a source of resilience and strength, or a some sort of beacon in hard times? I mean, I think praying is much more affecting because it's just much more raw and you know less
0: affected and more affecting. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the breath at the end. It's much more like.
1: I'm opening myself up and less like I've made this narrative about my own pain. Yeah, I see what you mean. There is kind of it is a very sort of Nietzschean sort of like <laughs> Uber Menschy yeah. approach to struggling through pain, Kampf Sieg sort of, <laughs> and perhaps in this in this sort of crazy time in which we're living that's not what we really need hmm. in hmm. order to for catharsis
2: it makes you feel strong when you're in pain is hearing someone else going through pain and being vulnerable in an intimate moment or maybe for other people it's seeing a display of force and maybe that's the difference between those who'd be attracted to each of those songs it's what you bring up the moment right now uh and I don't know which way that cuts, um, because the Imagine Dragons song, being about living with pain and being a sort of harsher feel, sounds a little more where we are, America, twenty summer twenty seventeen. You know, it's not as hopeful as the Kesha song. And there's something appropriate about, you know, the song we turn to being a song of a woman who you know has overcome, um, has overcome a lot and, and gotten past her. The people who have stood in her way. There's there's
0: like there's like a counter history, mm. like counterfactual yeah. to that that's huh. nice to live in for a little bit. He says, "This is the second line. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. You could almost see that on a political sign running around, rallying, I'm sick of tired of the way things have been. I think that probably different audiences might even hear that differently.
1: Also, Kesha is talking to us more. Mm. Yeah." This is more, the, uh, the Amanda Dragon song is more about him personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even though obviously her narrative is still, but you know, mm-hmm. it's much
0: more second person. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah, and that's a special, that's a certain kind of strength to turn around and forgive the person who hurt you and damaged you. That's like ultimately the more sort of powerful gesture.
0: Mm. The Casuals song is also like more specific in its in its detail. Like The Imagine Dragons song could be, you know, because most people who are listening to Kesha have heard at least something about her ordeal with Dr. Luke. Like, it's a much more public struggle um, than, you know, the Imagine Dragons, you know, singer's medical history and and chronic illnesses, which are still horrible. But, like, it's, I think the the pain in that song is abstracted to a level where, like, that could be a song about a breakup that could be a song about you know i had a really bad day and like somebody cut me in the grocery counter you know the grocery checkout right, line right, right. like we don't have any signals about like really what the scale of that pain is with with kesha like everyone knows what she is talking about so in the second stanza he says second thing second don't you tell me what you think that i could be i'm the one at the sale i'm the master of my sea
3: second thing-
0: And I actually was not aware of that until I clicked on genius, which you can do. And he's actually referencing the poem Invictus. This is a William Ernst Henley poem, a Victorian poet. And he has the line, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So it's suggested that perhaps he's making a reference here, maybe intentionally or not. But even the metaphor of being at sea, you're right, goes directly to the abstract rather than to the personal. And I remember hearing that for the first time and I'm thinking... I don't quite see how this relates to that first stanza, where you've just taken me to a different narrative point of view.
1: Any final thoughts about this, uh, about a magic dragons or Kesha, Charlie? Uh, there was another great moment of text
0: painting in this song. And I love text painting.
1: Ooh, where was that? Oh,
0: you missed
3: it.: I was broken from a young age, taking my into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook me, me from heartache, from the pain, my message, from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty the:
0: He says, "I was broken from a young age, taking my sulking to the masses, writing my poems for the few that look to me, took to me, shook to me, feeling me, that looked to me, took to me, shook to me, feeling me is an incredible example of text painting.
1: Interesting that it's like illustrating all the people trying to take things from him. I think it's illustrating, look at me. So he's grabbing your attention,
0: right? Even though you didn't quite know what the words were the first time you heard it, it's super rhythmic, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, ooh, what is that? So look to me, shook to me. And so you're like, it's grabbing your attention, wanting you to move. Maybe he is taking a very different narrative point of view, maybe being more abstract about his personal experience of pain, but he's using some really great songwriting techniques to grab our attention, even if it's at a really visceral level. I, I love the way that he does that.
1: In dark times, it's nice to know that the radio dial has some salvation on offer. And right now, depending Mm. on what you need, if your anthem of resilience is one of forgiveness or one of sort of living with pain, you can find those. Kesha and Imagine Dragons are here. Thank you to our incredible studio audience (laughs) here on Block Island and to all those listening at home this was certainly a less ebullient sort of topic than the last time we did <laughs> a live show.
0: Thank you for your evening entertainment. Yeah,
1: And it was it was possibly foreshadowed by the solar eclipse that we all mm. witness today mm. when the skies turned dark and the temperature dropped. And it does seem like the days of summer are coming to an end. I hate to keep closing on such emotional... Reaching kind of for
0: <laughs> extended <laughs> metaphors. Yes. I think it's beautiful. But
1: <laughs> switched on pop is produced by me, Nate song And me, Charlie Harding. Edited by the incredible Bill Lance. Our design is done by Luke Harris. We're a proud member of the Panoply Network. You can catch more
0: episodes of switched on pop at switched on Get in touch with us at contact at switched on and on Twitter yeah. at switched on pop. It would mean a lot to us if you would leave us an iTunes review.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're gonna be back again in two weeks, back to our regular schedule. Until then, thanks thanks for
1: listening. listening.
0: Thank you, everybody.